Recorder's on whenever you're ready. This is Nicholas Jordan Moore from VulnerabilityBook.com, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Beer with Jeff Smith, reminding you that vulnerability is a way for us to connect more deeply with each other and feel less alone in the world. Well done. I like it. And yes, Thanks. I think we can, I think we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Feel <Yes. laughs> less alone in the world. We can talk more about that in a bit. All right. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. All right. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to vroom vroom veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Alexandra Harbushka. Hey, I got it right. First try. Thank you, you so it. much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm excited to be here, Jeff. We're going to have a good time. I think we're going to have fun. Okay. We are. We are. So you are at lifewithherpes.com. It's unambiguous what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no clue where we're going to go with this. <laughs> so talk a little bit about what you're most excited about over there at your website and your business. And I know you're. it's... Just amazing, like taking shame and making money with it. I love it. This script. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. It is. Um, but but what I'm most excited about what happens when people are diagnosed with herpes is we all go through this phase of shame, guilt, resentment. Um, we're no longer going to be accepted. Like a part of us, in a way, dies. But what is exciting about that <laughs> is we we grow into this new person. We are forced to face situations or consequences, or we're forced to become a stronger person and we're forced to um, look at some areas in our life that we may have been avoiding or not. Like, for example, you may, you may have been on a path that you're like, I, this is not the path I want to be on, but I don't know how to change it. Right. And then you're diagnosed with herpes and you're like, I have to make this change. There's no option around it. This is right. what's going to happen. Right. So that's what I get excited. And, and, of course, I'm never happy to hear that somebody has herpes, of course. Right, right. But I'm excited to, when they come to me and they they join our community, to see that transformation absolutely happen. To see that transformation go from an Eeyore to having a rain cloud over you right. to just enjoying life and realizing, like, I got this. this right. is, we're good. Like, I got oh, it. I got no, life. I lost my tail again. Right. <laughs> But yes, so we can, yeah, I love the Eeyore reference. So thanks for that. Yes. <laughs> so everyone many people knows don't get Eeyore. No, you know, I, and if I don't do the voice, voice, like young people don't get it. So maybe it's like right. a generational thing. We don't know. Okay. So thanks for sharing and thanks for doing this too, because this whole share your shame theme kind of idea, nothing shameful, shameful. Okay. Really? Right. Not really. But right. society, the world tells you you should have shame, which is crazy, right? It's yeah, not, it's a story it's like, that we've all contributed to. Right. I've made herpes jokes before. I had herpes. Right. Oh, I know who has it. Right. And then when I got it, I realized, oh, I'm equally as guilty for it. And I just figured out I probably have it. So now I can't <laughs> do herpes jokes anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> so everybody yeah. go get tested. But we're go not just talking talking about herpes today, it, it, as okay. fun as that sounds like. So this is Room Room Beer. We need to go back in time because maybe there might have been a time in your life where you didn't have herpes. So where did you grow up? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I grew up in La Jolla, California. So I grew up, um, yeah, it's in San Diego. Mm -hmm. I grew up in La Jolla, California and, um, yeah, it was a great place. A great growing up by the beach. Yeah. 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 I spent like better part of 12 years, maybe plus in SoCal. So San Diego is awesome. Have you ever been to the mission restaurant? Yes. By the college? Yes. See? Yes. With all the The rosemary and everything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so good. <laughs> I miss SoCal. We go back. I often. know. Yeah, we well, we moved to Vegas. So oh, I did too. I live in Vegas also. Oh, shut up! I didn't know we're neighbors. Look at us. We are. <laughs> what That's part funny. of town we moved are you as well. in? Are, are you in Southwest, Northeast? Where are you at? Neighborhood. I'm in Summerlin. I'm Summerlin. like I don't. Okay. Yeah. There's no ocean to tell me where I am. I am in ah, Summerlin. Ah, gotcha. Summerlin. So mm-hmm. I, I'm in Summerlin, but not technically in Summerlin. I don't have the HOA bill. Right. So like, uh, I think uh, Lone Mountain Road. You know where that is? Nope. No. Ah, oh, you haven't been around very long. <laughs> I've lived here five years, but I don't. Oh know. wow. Okay. Well, anyway, don't worry about it. It's not important. Yeah. But we're very close. Right. That's great. <laughs> we go to Red Rock. We just went to Red Rock yesterday. Red Rock, the casino. Oh, okay. We go hiking. Mm, there You should. Red Rock Canyon is awesome. Yes. I don't usually hike. I, I prefer walking. So when right. we go, we do the, uh, what, what I lovingly refer to as the windshield tour. Where you just <laughs> drive through. It's a beautiful drive though. Well, we stop. You know, we stop, we walk around, we check places out, and then we get back in the car and drive. So it's you can't call that hiking. <laughs> right. I mean, right. We have a three-year-old, so uh-huh. it's something that we we spend a lot of time hiking. Yeah. It perfect. burns his energy. Nice. Great. Yeah. So you grow up in SoCal, okay, mm-hmm. in San Diego, La Jolla area. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what were you like in high school? Were you like a, I don't know band chick what <laughs> I was a cheerleader okay all right that puts, I was a cheerleader puts an so, image in everybody's mind yes uh-huh so my my school was really small we had 72 in our graduating class wow, and most of us tiny. went all the way th- yeah it was pretty small so and I think the entire school had maybe a thousand kids um right. and that was you know pre-k through 12 so it was really small really tight-knit right. most of my friends I had known since I was a kid you know right. since seven eight nine right. ten um Let's see. I always did the right thing. Um, gotcha. I was very followed the rules. Yeah. Uh, I never drank at a high school party. Wow. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew some of you people. So yeah. <clears throat> I, was I was too scared that. to. <laughs> <laughs> I was too scared to lose my driver's license. You know, I was too oh, scared wow. to. Okay. Yeah. Like I didn't want to lose that privilege. So interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I would say I was like, that was my public persona, but okay. I, I, I was not doing that for real though. Like, you know, so I, I like to call myself like a B minus satisficer, kind of like if okay. I could just, you know, I wasn't interested in winning. I just wanted to, you know, more or less get by <laughs> Right. Okay. when it came to school. Oh, and I drank way too much. <laughs> where did, like, where did you grow up? I grew up in small town, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. So like imagine like 
going to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that's like super north of Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and keep going another 50 miles. So it's like really like frozen tundra plus 50 miles, more, more northy. So fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely all, not the SoCal weather. All I wanted to do was escape. Imagine. <laughs> But definitely partying. I mean, everybody partied, though. Like, when we found, like, kids like you, we were just, like, we just felt sorry for you. It was like, we just need to take them out and get them drunk. Well, I went to the parties. <laughs> oh, But I okay. always was designated driver. I went to the parties. Oh, okay, yeah, I got went. It. You got it. You were just being good. Yeah, I That's just didn't want to. That's actually a smart play. Yeah, and, and the teachers would find out who was there, and they'd mm. somehow find out who was drinking. And I was like, I didn't want to be on that list. So yeah. yeah. I could tell yeah. really funny stories about being way too drunk as a high school kid, but that's not this show. <laughs> so, okay. So <clears throat> it sounds like you probably went to college, but I won't assume. Did you I did. To, you did. Okay. Where'd you go to college? So I started off at San Diego State. Nice. Where's and then San Diego I State? Is that just in town there? Yeah. It's um, La Mesa. It's kind of, it's off the oh, yeah, Interstate yeah. 8. It's east. Yep, yep. I know that. Yeah. La Mesa. Mm -hmm. okay. Went to San Diego State for two years. Well, one year. Trans I did study abroad for another year. And then I transferred to University of Arizona where I always wanted to go, but didn't go there my freshman year for whatever reason and ended up um, eventually graduating from University of Arizona. So nice. I claim U of A. Mm. That's where I, I went to University of Arizona. Gotcha. So. Okay. Where did you go yeah. abroad? Study abroad. That Spain. sounds like fun. Whoa. Yeah. Spain's awesome. It was. It Thanks, really buddy. was awesome. Um, San Diego State had a better study abroad program than University of Arizona. So I ended up, instead of transferring mid-year, I decided to stay and mm. do their study abroad, mm. which was awesome. It was great. Yeah. I Spain's wish amazing. every kid could do that. I uh, So my wife and I were in England when I was in the Air Force active duty. And uh -huh. I don't know if you've heard this, but in the winter in England, it's super cold and super dark and super wet. And Maybe we, like San Francisco in the summer? Kind of. Like all the time? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Except colder and darker okay. maybe. I don't know. So like both my wife and I had that seasonal affective disorder. Uh -huh. And we went and talked to people and they're like, what do you do? <laughs> We're so sad. You know? And they're like, Spain in the winter. So uh, one year we went to uh, Mallorca. Oh, beautiful. Mallorca is amazing. And mm -hmm. then another year we went to Costa del Sol. Uh -huh. And, you know, your Spanish doesn't need to be that good to know that that means coast of sun. Right. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. What did you do in the Air Force? Uh, so do you remember the TV show MASH? Mm-hmm. So you remember Radar O'Reilly? Mm-hmm. I was kind of like an Air Force Radar O'Reilly to start with. Okay. So the guy that typed letters for the commander kind okay. of thing. So eventually, so I, I retired in 2008-ish. Yeah, eight. Okay. So somewhere, I would say probably mid-career, they, they turned all of my career field people into computer people. Okay. Which was nice because then I, I actually had job skills when I retired. <laughs> right. Right. Actually, while I was in, I ended up like – in charge of a network with about 250 users. So that was, that was neat. You know, you learned a, a lot. Thing. I'm sure it's yeah. a good thing to put on your resume. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for your service. It was fun. It was mostly wings and beer on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, my background, it's a beach. Yeah. Okay. So what did you study when you were in, in school? Spanish. So Wow, uh, that's great. I know. <laughs> so I ended up, I started off as business, uh-huh. um, but everything was so impacted that I would end up taking my, cl- my classes in Spanish because they were not impacted and I could get whatever class in the Spanish right. language. Okay. And so when I went to graduate at U of A and I wanted to do it in four years, total of four years, they said, well, if you want to do business, it's going to be another year. But if you, you have enough classes that are in Spanish, you can graduate on time in four years. So I was like, done. I'll just graduate just, with Spanish literature. Sure. Oh, that's great. Done, oh, Spanish literature, not the language. Spanish lit. Mm-hmm. Okay. But and you I must, just actually you must be able got to my, speak pretty good Spanish. Probably I better was, than mine. I <clears> was beautiful at it. It was like for someone that didn't learn, like didn't grow up with it. It was something that was learned. My Spanish was beautiful, but now it's a little choppy, a little sure. gringo-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually just graduated on Thursday again. I'm like, was it Thursday? Yeah, this last Thursday. I Congratulations. Got my Thanks. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Went out and got a master's degree. I did. I went and got a master's. Again, didn't set out to do it. I just took a class. Um, I had a, my, my son was born in, in 2020 and it was the shutdown. Mm. And I just, I was at this point of like, wow, I like this child is, is a miracle. Like I think every, every baby's a miracle. Every, every, every life is, is this this miracle. And like, why was I so blessed to be a mother? And so I wanted to take a Bible study course, but then it was COVID I'm like, well, I can't do that. So I'll just take a class online. Okay. And then I took a class and I took another class. And then as I kept taking classes. Because you were having the university, fun. <laughs> yeah, I had fun with it. I mean, yeah, sometimes I it's like, yeah. why did I do this? Right. Um, but the university is like, you know that you're five classes away from a master's. I was like, okay. Wow. I'll do it. Okay. So, they used that hook. <laughs> that hook. <laughs> so what, what sort of master's degree did you end up getting? Theology. Oh, fun. Oh, that yeah. sounds really fun. Mm-hmm. Theology. So is that mm-hmm. like all of the world's religions kind of idea? This was specific to Christianity, but okay. it's the study of God and gotcha. and study of, you know, it was interesting because you study kings, you study land, you study, it was it was pretty interesting. It was very oh, yeah. interesting. Leadership. I, so I'm it was emphasis on leadership. fascinated with all things spiritual, religious, theology. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I grew up Lutheran, right? But that's okay. just one tiny little piece of Christianity. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, right. I mean, just after the Reformation, right, then Protestants are, are able to go make their own churches. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat. So anyway, so good good on you. And Thank you. You, you did way more stuff than, than I did during lockdown. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I had a baby. You had a baby and you got a <laughs> master's degree. I got a of? master's. Yeah. So yep. good for you. Thanks. <laughs> so when did this diagnosis come along? Like, it, <clears throat> go ahead. I was 28. Yep. And so, yeah. So at 28 years old, you know, you think you kind of got life figured out. You don't think you, uh, my thought of being diagnosed with genital herpes or my thought of being diagnosed with an STD was, you got that when, if you were promiscuous, you got that if you're irresponsible, you got that right. if you... You're a um, bad person, right? You're a bad person. Yeah, sure. you're, you're dating sketchy people. Right. Um, or that person you're dating is super sketchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's what I believe and that's what I thought. And I never thought that if I was dating a boyfriend, you know, was in a relationship, was monogamous, right. whatever, I didn't never thought that would happen. And so it did. And it did. again, I'm 28 years old. So... I realized 
early on in the relationship that this wasn't the right guy for me. I didn't want to spend the rest of my life with him. Uh Um, But then I got herpes and I thought, well, now I have to stay. Now I have to stay with this guy because nobody else is going to accept me. Nobody else Uh, is going to want me. uh, 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 uh. So I know he has it and I have it. So I don't have to go through a painful, awkward conversation with someone new. Right. (laughs) Right. That is so weird. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the shame, you feel like you're, you're embarrassed you don't um, want to tell people you're ashamed, right? Right, because you're right. like, well, I made it's you know you feel like, well, I made a mistake, mm-hmm. and you can I can look back on it. I'm like, I didn't make a mistake. Not really. Like I, I was dating, so, you know, like you can look you can look at it in so many different ways. And the outside perspective perspective of somebody with herpes is you were promiscuous, right? And you didn't for a female, you didn't keep your legs closed, right? And you just were out having fun. And I thought b- based on the type of person I want to marry, how, how is this, how is anyone going to respect me? Right. Um, so yeah, that was 28, 29 and I was turning 30 and I thought I'm turning 30. I cannot stay in this situation. I do not want to be where I am today. I do not want to marry him. Mm. I don't want to still date him. I want right. to move on. I want to get everything together. I was struggling at work. I mean, every aspect of my life was just like crumbling down on me and, and, what I was saying earlier is I was given this problem because I wasn't being true to myself. I was given this situation that I had to own who I am. I was given the situation I had to um, stand up for who I am, what I believed in, mm-hmm. um, have the confidence and and not just be a chameleon in, in a dating relationship, to be able to use my voice, to be able to stand up, like all those things. And, and I was um, not being true to who I really was meant to be. I was being held back. Right. And yeah. So did you have, um, was there like a big moment when you decided to sort of like come out and tell everybody in the world, like, okay, this is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's a it big was, deal. That's a huge yeah, deal. It, well, yeah. it wasn't something I set out to do. Trust me. I had no, I had no intention of ever disclosing that I had herpes, of course, to a partner. But I had no intention of disclosing this to the world. I had no intention of making making it my my public uh, herpes status known. I had, I had no intention of that. However, in 2017, so I was diagnosed with HSV-2 in 2011. Okay. And in 2017, I was asked to speak at a podcast conference. And I was asked to speak on a certain topic. And so I prepared everything, had my PowerPoints done. And I go to my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. And I said, this is what I'm going to talk about. And he says, that's Okay whatever it's okay <laughs> but you should talk about having herpes wow and I, so yeah, and it I was, was like, him it was him and wow. i said there's no way i'm not going to share this is right. going to impact you you know in your profession he's he's in the mortgage industry like right. me going on stage talking you know like what? and he was and he was encouraging you he encouraged me he said you can help people with this so you should so share th- yeah. your you should you should share it very so, courageous anywho, move, by the way. So thanks. We need more people to do that. <laughs> really, right. really. It's hugely courageous, right? I mean, Thank you. it is. I mean, and it's not even a thing. Like I get like upset, like, uh, you know, herpes is one of many shameful kind of mm-hmm. diagnoses. It's like, mm-hmm. why should any illness be shameful? I mean, right. it shouldn't really, right? Yeah, you look at it differently. <laughs> right. You know, if 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 your diet is a woman, if you're diagnosed with breast cancer, people show up with casseroles 
Right. And exactly. When you're diagnosed with herpes, herpes it's like, right. ooh, well, right, I know right. why you got it. Right. Unfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, what's wrong with you again? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary and sad. So thank you for that. Thanks for sharing. Welcome. So what? Uh, let's go through like that, the, the emotions in deciding to do that. That's kind of like coming out to, with herpes. To share. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Publicly. Uh, it was terrifying. I it bet. was absolutely terrifying. Right. I was um, shaking. But I realized, again, I realized that if this helps people, or if it allows people to relate more to to me as a human, um, then then that's what's important. And, and what I realized by it is, when we share our story, mm-hmm. when we we become humble, when we get on the same level, mm-hmm. it allows people to have a deeper connection with us, opposed totally. to this like idol. It's like, whoa, she's idol. just like me. Yes, 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 yes. Right, she's just like me. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, I remember that morning at whatever time I was supposed to speak at, I remember like I woke up and I took my time and I went down and had breakfast and like spent the time in my room and then, you know, all those things opposed yeah. to now I've spoken, you know, many times I've been asked back to that same conference and I share the same story and it's like, oh, what time am I speaking? Oh, two. Okay. No problem. Like right. Right, right, just walk right. up. So that was, you know, a big deal. You're and having to time. gird your loins as they say. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, like ordinarily people like rank public speaking without speaking about something that they're ashamed about, like above death. Right. I would rather die than speak in front of people. Right. Right. So you're already doing something scary. Right. Plus the topic is something you really kind of don't want to share with anybody. No. And Right. And one of the things that I think that I make a big, at least an impact in or what's maybe different or how it could potentially come off negative is I'm not here talking about my sex life. I'm not here talking about I have it and I, you know, I'm, I'm so hot and I can still get, no, this is what happened. I have this. Right. Many, many millions of people have this. This Mm. is my life. I'm sharing what it's like to be a mommy, to be a wife, to, to cook, to go hiking in the Red Rocks, to travel. Right. This is what it's like. This is what I've done. So it's very different. I think a lot of the shame comes from when people start bringing in their sex life or their intimacy mm. or um, talking badly about an ex or talking badly about a partner or... Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So I do. I'm trying to keep... I, I, do, I, I keep it very separate. Right. And You're not going all sex expert. You're just saying, right. This here I am, I'm a human. And, and suddenly I find myself with this air quotes, shameful disease. Exactly. And now I have to live with it. And now I have to live with it. <laughs> and now and I have to what? live with it. And I yeah, shouldn't be and, ashamed and I, and you, neither should you. <laughs> right. Neither should right. you. And what can I teach people that don't have it, how to potentially proceed differently or what are some things that you could do differently that I did? Right. Because I thought I was doing it right. Right. Yeah. So right. that's the next thing I want to talk about because mm-hmm. as I was listening to another show you were on, <clears throat> oh, you know what? I was going to say, if you don't mind, I went through a similar share shame, share okay. shame. You know, there's the, the, everybody, guys are using porn, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and we're all ashamed. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so I heard this very famous guy write a book about his porn addiction on Tim Ferriss's podcast. Okay. And when he did his share shame, I was like, well, thank you, dude. I feel like a burden has been lifted from my soul because just listening to this podcast, not only did this guy publicly admit on a very famous podcast that he was addicted to porn and other things that were very shameful. He yeah. wrote a book about it. <laughs> right. So that is a huge thing that I think is holding us back is this, this thing that you think everybody is going to think you're horrible. There's probably going to be some people that do think that and that's okay. Let them. <laughs> right. That's fine. That's fine. Right. You don't even know them. Why should you care what they think? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and if you do know them, you get to see their true colors. Exactly. Exactly. It's, a, it's almost like a win-win with authentic, authenticity. Mm -hmm. So when you're being an authentic person and you're just, you know, not being salesy and not being like, oh, I don't have an agenda. I just want to talk, right? Human to human. Uh, you right. know, a good portion of people don't want to be on your show anymore. <laughs> right. And that, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It just means either we just don't put this out or it's just going to be a short show and you're not going to talk much. Both are okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So now let's get into this, like the things that you learned about like herpes that you didn't never wanted to know. <laughs> like most people have herpes, right? Most people have herpes. Right. They don't know they have it because right. like me, they're not tested for it. I think I have herpes it. now. I need to go get tested. Right. You got it. Yeah. I, if you've never been tested. So here's the thing. It's, it's so common and we pick it up wherever. We pick it up from a family member. We pick it up orally or genitally. Um, when you I say get genitally, it from a, I don't mean from a uh, family member, but. You could get it from like a, a something in the environment orally, right? I think. Well, you so so it's skin to skin transmission. Okay. But so it's not bodily fluids. You know, okay. people say, oh, "Can you?" Women will say, "Can I breastfeed?" Or yeah, yes, like that has nothing to do with skin to skin transmission. But bodily fluids can be a way that it, it it's like a vehicle that it transmits it. So, for example, let's say you have oral herpes, and let's say you have a cold sore, you have an active blister, right? And let's say you share a chapstick with your significant other or your roommate or whatever, or you're, you know, on the mm -hmm. dance team and all the girls share lipstick to whatever. Um, so you share that, 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 that lipstick or whatever it is that you share gets right. passed around and can infect people uh -huh. that way. Gotcha. Um, another way that, so people with oral herpes, uh, don't realize that it can be sexually transmitted. Mm. And so, you, you can use your saliva um, when you're intimate with a partner and let's say you have a cold sore and you use your saliva, that can transmit it. Right. Or you can obviously do things with your mouth with your partner and that right. can also transmit it. Right. right. And so you don't Kissing, realize that. oral sex, these kinds of things. All right. those things. Yes. Right. And so you don't, we, we don't realize, a lot of us that are, have oral herpes don't realize that we also can transmit it to a partner. So that's one thing. So two out of three people have HSV-1. Okay. And one out of six have HSV-2. Mm -hmm. So when you, you look at those numbers, it's roughly 80% of the population is living with some type of herpes. Mm -hmm. and, and they just don't can, know. And you just don't know because people are not diagnosed with it. It's not included on the STI panel. So even if you are a responsible sexually active adult and you go get tested mm -hmm. or you have a couple that's like, let's go get tested before we move to this next level. 
and they don't add herpes on the test. And so they both show up like, oh, we're negative for everything. And boom, someone has herpes and they don't know. Wow. So that happens all the time, unfortunately. Yeah, it happens yeah. in marriages. It happens sure. all the time. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Why, why don't we just, you know, add it to the test? <laughs> I know. I know. This is, well, you know, the other thing I, 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 and I know this is a digression, but as you talked about in another show, uh, the, it hides out a lot like, um, chicken pox and uh-huh. what's the other thing that becomes chicken pox? Um, oh, shingles, shingles, right. So it hides out in your nervous system somewhere uh-huh. and then it's dormant. So it's basically, you can have it and you'll have it for the rest of your life. It's not like it's going away. Right. No. And, okay. and, and chicken pox is a cousin. It's a, it's also a herpes virus. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So chicken pox is herpes. I have that um, too then. Yeah. Epstein bar. And it sucked. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's very similar. I haven't experienced right. shingles. Right. Um, but it's very similar. It's a nerve. It's a painful, mm. painful experience. Um, so it is the same thing. It is right. not same thing. I, I want to clarify. It cousin. is a cousin. It is herpes, but it's mm. its own thing. Has its own viral DNA. Interesting. Um, wow. See, yeah. learned more. As soon as you started talking about hiding out in the nerves, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've heard this before in my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, let's talk about things to do when you know you've been diagnosed, I guess. Okay. Like the communication part and... You know, just other things that you can do, like the things that most surprise you, I guess. Things that people don't know. Um, well, 90% of the people with genital herpes will never be diagnosed. So 90% of the people living with it don't know they have it. Okay. So that, and mostly because it's asymptomatic. Most people don't show signs or they don't show signs often enough to put two and two together. So you okay. may think, and it can be located. So we we use the word genital and we think literally like the genitals. Right. But it can be on your hamstring. It can be on your thigh. It can be on your inner thigh. It can be on your tailbone. Wow. It can be under your belly button. Okay. So it can be in any of those regions because it lives in the nerves. And so nerves are like fingers. So it, right. can, it can climb and decide, hey, I want to go. So like for me, example, I get it on my tailbone. Okay. That's where it's decided it wants to go. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Just never heard that ever before. Right. I, I just Again, always think- thought it was genital, right? And that's right. It. Right. So wait a minute. <laughs> right. So, eh, man. So, okay. So what other th- sorts of things do you talk about on your website for people living with herpes as yeah. far as like... Just like things that you don't know when you don't have it or, you know, how to best cope with it. I would imagine the the shame thing is probably the biggest part, right? Like right, dealing with the di- physical diagnosis is not as difficult. Right. It eventually goes away. Right. Like you never lose the virus. The virus right. doesn't go away. It's not but a bacterial infection. the flare-up infection. goes away. But yeah, the, the flare-up does go away. It does mm. heal on its own. Mm-hmm. Or you can take supplements or an antiviral to help speed up the, the duration. But it does eventually clear up. You can still get another outbreak in the future if you're right. not listening to your body, if you're run down, if your immune system shot, if you're, mm. you know, if you're on heightened alert, if you're living in, you know, high cortisol type of things yeah. where yeah, yeah, your yeah. nervous system's stressed. on... Stressed, right. Stressed, right. Yeah. Um, 
but as far as the emotional side is truly what happens is you believe that you're unlovable and right. mm-hmm, and yeah, you believe like, that you're going to be alone. We can't do yoga together. I have herpes. <laughs> right, right. Or I, Oh, I'm going to have to raise my hand in yoga classes that you can't adjust me or oh, things right, like right. that. You can't touch me. I mean, I was talking to someone, uh, this young man, and he was going on a road trip with his family and he has younger siblings. He was young. He was probably like 18. He was in college. And he's like, oh, my parents are going to pick me up. We're going to go on a road trip and my siblings are going to be in the car. And should I get my own car? And I'm thinking, no, no. Like you can (laughs) hug your siblings. You can sit in the car with your siblings. You can do all of that. And Mm. so when I hear things like that, it's devastating. Mm. I've talked, I talked to a father who never did Marco Polo with his kids because he thought that if he got in the water in the pool with his kids, his kids would get it. And that breaks my heart to think that you never did Marco Polo. I mean, Marco Polo is a really long game, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never, I get it. It's but yeah. that said, yes. um, but you know, I've talked to another woman. She was also in the air force and she found out she had it. She's married, it, mm-hmm. you know, didn't know where it came from. It can lie dormant in your system for years right. and it popped up genitally. And she was going to, you know, get out of the Air Force because she didn't want it on her next physical. Oh, wow. Didn't want to have to report oh, it. And, I, and like, no. I'm like, we need you. you yeah. Can't, don't yeah. let this virus. Yeah, we need you. We need people like you. Right. And another woman, um, she was going through the adoption process. And when they started the process, you know, they, I guess, apparently they asked you about STDs. And then she ended up getting genital herpes. I don't know. Her husband had oral herpes. Right. Went down on her. She ended right. up getting it genitally, but now she has, quote unquote, genital herpes. Right. And so she pulled out of the adoption process because oh, she didn't want to put that on the paper. And I'm thinking, there's babies that need you. And right. again, it's this, it's this fear back to what we were talking about. It's you feel that you're unlovable and you feel that you're unworthy right. of, of, happiness uh, and this is this love, is like this is, right yeah love uh, everything and well i i'm shameful i'm living in this sin and so i'm right. gonna stay just right here and just you've got a an invisible red letter a but it's not correct a, but <laughs> you know what that right. means you right. have yes yep the s the big s of shame right or h for herpes h right for herpes there you go so the other thing that i thought of um not really related but shameful nonetheless, which it shouldn't be. Um, I did massage school around 2012. Okay. And, and I had these break skin breakouts, like everywhere you can imagine. But for massage, I was, I was having like rashes on my fingers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can't do massage when you've got a rash on your fingers and I right. was in school. Right. So horribly embarrassing. Like I actually went and said, uh, I went to the doctor and I think it, this was a GP kind of doctor, just like a general Mm -hmm. practice. And they were guessing and their guess was fungus. And I was like, okay, give me an item fungal, right? I'm very much like, I'm not shamed yet. Right. I'm like, okay, give me the antifungal. But then the massage school was like, okay, well, if you're going to touch people, you have to wear these gloves. And that was fine for my fe- fellow classmates. But when it came to a client in the student clinic, they paid for right. this, right? And she's like, I-, I-, I don't think I can handle this massage with your gloves on, right? <laughs> and I was like, well, right. it's either that or the fungus of my- on my hands. And she's like, okay, massage over, <laughs> right? And I- right? Yeah. And I'm like, I get it, <laughs> right? And then right. I went and talked to the uh, 
school principal or whatever it was, right? And she's like, yeah, don't say fungus. <laughs> right. I went, yeah, pretty good idea. <laughs> Note to self, don't say fungus to a massage client. Um, but anyway, that ended up lasting probably 10 years before it actually got l- really addressed. And it turns and out it? it is sort of like eczema, but it uh-huh. doesn't look like eczema. So it doesn't really have a real name. So they're calling it atopic dermatitis. Okay. So you just break out anywhere, right? So I, what it, it ended up breaking out on my ankle and I didn't know what to do. Right. So I was doing everything and everything I did was wrong and made it worse (laughs) Mm -hmm. to the point where I ended up in the emergency room with like my uh, ankle was like three sizes too big because I got a secondary infection just from scratching. It was disgusting. (laughs) Finally, I was like really, really flared up like right before lockdown. I want to say like I had an appointment for the day of lockdown. So 17 March, 2020, I went to see a dermatologist and he gave me this sheet of things to do with atopic dermatitis. Like you don't need to wash everywhere. Just wash the things that stink. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right. Um, so then also never use a loofah. Don't use super hot water. Um, it was just a list of things to do. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, by the way, if you need it, use this cream if you have a flare-up. It changed my life. I'm, I'm now not cured, but I'm okay, right? Wow. So, yeah, so 10 years. 10, ten years of thinking I'm there's something wrong with me and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, you know, I got over it. But, yeah. you know, the only but reason I, I went to, uh, to the doctor was because my dad and my, my mom and dad came out to visit me right before lockdown. And they're like, mm-hmm. you got to get that checked out. <laughs> I was like, I know. It's like I, I just didn't want to go back because I was afraid they were going to say it was a fungus again. You know, Ugh. you know. Yeah. So somewhere in those 10 years, they figured it out. <laughs> well, but I can see like that could be very similar is people could say, well, that's not herpes. You know what I mean? Or is it herpes? You know, like, like you have a rash and it could, it could have been on, it could yeah. have been genitally in a genital area and it could have been herpes. I'm not saying for you, but right. someone similar could have said, well, like that's just contact dermatitis or that's my psoriasis or that's my this, or right. I nicked myself shaving right. or whatever. That's not yeah. herpes. There's no way it's herpes. I don't have herpes because right. I wouldn't get it. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, you know, the thing that made me mad was just, I think we're programmed as kids to say like, we're, we're less like people, animals. And we're, we just think like the doctor is like a mechanic and, and he's working on a machine. He's like, Oh, you've got this here, have this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super simple. It's not, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're figuring shit out too. Right. Right. I think the answer that I don't know is that it's basically, um, what was the first thing I said? Um, now I can't. The other Shame? thing. No, no, no. The skin, dis- the skin disorder um, that uh, is named eczema. Okay. Eczema. It's basically eczema that doesn't look like eczema. So if a, okay. a doctor or dermatologist looks at it, they go, well, it doesn't have the, you know, 
the presentation right. of eczema. So it's probably not eczema. Turns out now all the treatments for eczema say eczema slash atop, atopic dermatitis. So mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> but I figured it out. So that's good for me. Good. Yes. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit more about how people can get in touch with Alexandra Harbushka as we wrap up in our last right, 10 so minutes or so here. If, if you have herpes or you have a loved one that has herpes or maybe just want to know more about it, I don't know. Right. Um, I do have a, a, a download. I do have a 21-page ebook that is at outbreakremedies.com. Okay. And it's I've been working on this since 2017. I continue to update it. I continue to add to it. I continue to change. So it does have a lot of information evolving there. Evolving book. Yes. It's evolving. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, now it's 21 pages. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's um, great. Went from three to 21. Yeah. Um, See, it so, took me 10 so, years to get my 21 page uh, PDF, but <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Yes. There we are. <laughs> um, and then, but of course, whatever, again, if you have herpes or you have someone that has herpes, um, you can find me wherever. If you're a Pinterest, you can find me there. If you're a YouTube, if you're TikTok, if you're Instagram, whatever works for you is mm. is going to be the best way to find that information. My website has tons of tons of content. I've been talking about this publicly since 2017. Right. So there's thousands of pieces of content mm. and just a lot of resources for you there. Right. And I also checked out like all the different things that you can use to, you know, still have sex, right? Uh Lots of latex. (laughs) I was like, wow, dental dam. Okay. (laughs) So every couple's going to do what works for them. Mm -hmm. At some point in every relationship, the condom comes off. Right. Herpes, not herpes, whatever, it, it does come off and and you just you get to a point in your relationship where you're okay with the consequences of whatever that means, whether you're okay with the consequences of pregnancy, whether right. you're okay, whatever it is, right? Right. Herpes, whatever. So yeah, I mean, you you, you there are ways to prevent transmission to a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband doesn't have it. Okay. And oh wow. And yeah, so it doesn't mean that your partner is going to get it. It's, it's about communication. It's right. about working together. It's about right. deciding what works for you as a couple. Yeah. And every couple is going to approach that differently. And you're only really, you know, like mostly when you're contagious, right? Yes. Not really. Kind so, of, kind, yes, kind of. Is that okay? So, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I obviously know when I have an outbreak that, that right. there's no ifs, ands, or buts around that. So clearly if I have an outbreak, we stay away from that. However, there's this thing called asymptomatic shedding. Mm. So even though you may not have an outbreak, the virus wants to shed. And when that happens, the host has no idea. There's no itching. There's no tingling. There's Mm. no blister. There's no bump. There's no idea. So the majority of transmissions, unfortunately, do occur without an outbreak. Right. Okay. Wow. But again, it's just a matter of communicating with your partner. Are you run down? Are you, you know, what's going on? Are you taking supplements that help boost your immune system? Are you taking supplements that are herpes specific to help keep the virus dormant? And you guys can work together. Mm, That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what was the last thing you added to this book that you just learned? Do you remember? Okay. What what comes to uh, mind first? It doesn't have to be. You know, right I, I changed. <laughs> I think I changed up uh, some natural, obviously some natural remedies. And and originally when I wrote it, I was very pro taking the antiviral. Okay. And now that I've had herpes for so long, and now that I'm also in my 40s, 
I also look at it as you don't need to take the antiviral. There may be a time in your relationship where you want to take it. Mm -hmm. I I compare it to birth control. There may be a time in your relationship where birth control is just going to be the easiest thing. Um, But there's a time in your relationship where you're like, "Eh, I'm okay, right? Right, right. So I don't want to take an antiviral daily. So I don't take one daily, even though it is a higher risk of transmission. Right. But look at your situation, look at what your relationship is like, look at, you know, look at where you're at. Right. Well, it's, uh, I think another important thing you just said was like, stay healthy, right? You know, take care of yourself, self-care. Like I know whenever you're sick, then everything is going to start. Right. 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 So that means you're probably going to get more likely for a breakout and or that shedding that you're talking about. Exactly. Right. So, okay. Sunshine and vitamin D for everybody. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Alexandra Harbushka, this has been a blast. Thanks so much for hanging out with me for about an hour. I've loved every minute of it. I love being a guest on your show. I love getting to know you, talking about SoCal and, uh, Thanks for having me as a guest. This has been a blast. Let me tell you, it was scary saying yes, but I did it. So good on me. (laughs) I'm glad you did. I'm glad I did too. Thank you for being you and for sharing your story. It's amazing. We need more people like you to help us get through this thing called life. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.